Bob Iacchino, the founder, the chief strategist of Path Trading Partners, joining us to talk currencies, financial markets. Bob, good Wednesday morning to you. I want to begin with the U.S. dollar, a sharp move higher yesterday, but interestingly enough, it occurred as rates were coming off. Yeah, I think that was uh, confusing to a lot of people. Yesterday, the entire market was dominated by what was going on in rates, and it was no small thing. If you see what's going on with rates lately, you're not only looking at rates falling from two years on out, but you're looking at a pretty big jump on the three months. So what does that imply? Well, it implies that short term, the Fed is still on track. Long term, there is going to be a recession. And we've actually gone to the two tens being positive 12 basis points on about the 27th of June to negative two right now. The two tens is back to inversion status, which is that one section of the yield curve that a lot of people look at to indicate a recession. Now, a lot of us, including myself, have been in the recession camp, camp anyway. So it's almost as if the twos tens are catching up. But when you see the dollar rallying like this, the reflection is less on the dollar, more so on other currencies. And we've got the Euro at the lowest level since December of 2002. So we're talking almost 20 year lows for the Euro against the US dollar, 102 handle on the future side this morning. Um, the pound down 1.6% yesterday, uh, accelerated after the announcement of a couple of, member of Boris, uh, members of Boris Johnson's administration resigning. We even saw the Swiss franc down 95 basis points yesterday. The Canadian dollar following crude oil lower, down 95 basis points. When you get that much pressure on those individual economies, and the pressure is not present in the stance of the Fed, you get the dollar rally. Now, when you look again, what happened with the rest of the curve, it's dramatic, Ben. I mean, you just look at the five-year note since, Sept I'm sorry, June 14th. Five-year note is down 81 basis points. The 10-year is down 69 basis points in that same time frame. 30-year down 41 basis points. That's less than a month. That is a big move. Again, I feel like a broken record telling everybody how big these moves have been lately, but yield volatility is unprecedented right now, but it's been going on for a while. It's not something well, that we've seen the end of yet. I guess that's my question here, Bob, because what we're talking about is some trends that have been very much long in the tooth, whether you're talking about the dollar or the euro currency. I mean, this didn't just start this week, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's one of those types of situations where it's tough to kind of get on board at this point. Um, you know, we have a breakout to the upside in the U.S. dollar, as you mentioned, and I agree. I think it's a reflection of the euro currency and some of the others. In fact, that's our focus this week is strength in the U.S. dollar. And where does that come from? And uh, yesterday we were talking euro currency. Today we're going to be talking about the British pound and uh, I want to get your thoughts a little bit more on Boris Johnson, but in terms of these trends, do you see them continuing? Do you see something in the near future that could end some of the trajectory we've been on? Well, look, again, the yield part with the dollar is more complex than just the dollar stronger where Noted. yields are falling. Noted. I'll give you another example. From June 14th to now, the three-month is up five basis points. Hmm. Yesterday, the three-month settled at 190. On the 23rd, it was 165. On the 24, uh, 22nd, it was 161. So, so it's the short ends, ends right? Yes. Short ends so, still on the move higher. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're in a position in the dollar, what matters more—the one month, two month, three month, or yeah. the 30 year? Yeah. It's the short end. Yeah. Because that's what's going to drive the dollar from a yield perspective. But then again, you look at what's going on in the rest of the curve. Yeah. I'm sorry, the rest of the currencies, world. Currencies, yeah. Those current currencies, yeah. right. And those currencies are weakening dramatically. So what's going to respond? 
It's usually the dollar, the Swiss, and the yen, but the Swiss and the yen are falling as well. Yeah. So that's extra power behind the dollar. It's never just the entire curve, and the shape of the curve is going toward recession, but the front end of the curve yields are still high and rising. Yeah, understood a complex situation, it sounds like. Bob, as far as the yen and the Swiss, I mean, many thought that those would start to rally amid some of the weakness we've seen in the indices. Since the beginning of the year, both have continued to come off. And again, the Swiss and the yen had started off before January in terms of this uh, trajectory lower here. But speaking of uh, the trend, you know, Boris Johnson coming under fire again. This guy just... Uh, you know, it ceases to amaze in many ways. But I was talking in the office this morning. I think a lot of people have forgotten that Boris Johnson really came to the rescue. He delivered the Brexit. Uh, Theresa May was struggling, right? I mean, couldn't get it across the uh, the goal line there ultimately. And and you know. Whether you talk about some of the mistakes he made amidst the COVID lockdowns or uh, the way he's been handling most recent situations, I mean, again, these calls for him to resign his cabinet, basically these resignations that we've seen around him, uh, put the pound under pressure, but ultimately, uh, well, potentially uh, his future here as well. Yeah, Boris Johnson, somebody that I trust uh, in the UK, in the trading world, said that he's either resigning or he'll be booted out. And that's just a matter of time, not not if it's a when. Yeah. yeah. Again, that's not my opinion. That is also his opinion. But he's pretty good at this kind of stuff, both on the political front and on the currency front. And he says that basically the consensus right now is that he's either going to resign or be booted out. And I think that may be a lot of where this British pound weakness is coming from. You know, obviously we saw the British pound down uh, about one and a quarter percent yesterday, down another. Uh, what is it, about half a percent right now, uh, a lot of that may be stemming from exactly what you said, Ben, is that he delivered on sort of a rescue plan mm -hmm. at the time. That's really what the British populace voted for and wanted at the time. So the uncertainty is always worse. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And you don't know who's going to be replacing him or what the policies are going to be at this stage. So you would exit any British pound loans that you have. That's just what a trader would do. Um, and likely, if they haven't, um, then they likely got stopped out over the last, say, mm -hmm. seven, eight sessions, where you've only seen three updates. So from that perspective, this is all sort of functional or process-driven uh, when you see this kind of a confusion of government. Remember, anytime you're buying a currency, underneath all the things that we talk about, you're buying a share in that country's economy when you buy their currency. And Look so if you have uncertainty about the direction of the leadership of that country, which includes taxation policy, lockdowns, et cetera, uh, you're, you're looking at the economic uncertainty and you're looking at getting out of those positions. Uh, looking at the move here from 130 and below down to, uh, well, we're talking uh, currently trading at 119, but uh, on a weekly basis here, we've been only up three weeks since that break below 130, and that was in the middle of April. Bob, speaking of long in the tooth and trends that have been potentially a little bit overdone, but still have reject have yet to reject lower levels. Your thoughts on Bitcoin, BTC futures is still hanging on around this 20,000 level after uh, coming off all-time highs of around 69K. So there's an interesting development that I've been reading about and hearing about, and it's the shorting of Tether by a lot of institutions and hmm. hedge funds. And that leads me to believe that they believe that's going to collapse. Doesn't hmm. mean that they're right. But if Tether collapses, that's actually one of the things I've been looking for, sort of a washout of some of the questionable things that have supported Bitcoin. Um, I don't really need to get into it. People can research it on their own, and, and I don't really want to put that out there. But from the perspective of what Tether has been involved in, Tether's been involved in the transition of buy, uh, selling Tether, buying Bitcoin for a long, long time. 
And if Tether were to come under pressure, there would likely be a lot of selling of Bitcoin to make up the capital that they would be that they would lose being under pressure like that. So again, institutions have been wrong a lot. To me, Bitcoin is uh, not at its buy level yet, and I don't even necessarily mean that from a price perspective. I actually took a stab at buying Ether last week, and I got stopped out of it. Okay. So um, it was a small position. It was a trade, not an investment. So You think there could I'm still be some sort of a washout, though? Well, yeah, I'm looking for places to get involved. But again, the Ether buy that I made was a trade, not more, not a hold, not mm -hmm. an investment. Mm -hmm. it didn't work. So that tells you, again, that things are still under mm -hmm. some sort of pressure. I don't know the space enough to know where that pressure is coming from, but I think there's more to go with this Tether story, and that's probably where Bitcoin will finally settle in if and when something happens with Tether. Understood. A little nibbling, uh, uh, but not necessarily a longer-term trade. Right. Um, talk to us lastly, Bob. We were just kind of debating about the importance of the FOMC minutes versus the jobs report later this week. Uh, it seems like uh, our last guest, Mike, was kind of leaning towards the jobs, but he did say that the Fed minutes should be watched today and there could be some insight. Yeah, Michael and I have had a lot of conversations over the past uh, 18 months or so about just these kinds of things. And I would lean towards Michael's opinion on the jobs okay. number being slightly more important only because it's the last missing piece for everybody to get on board with the recession narrative. And if everybody got on board with the recession narrative, that would likely be the end of the recession. Okay. Um, that's a more complex subject. But I do think the minutes are very, very critical because there could be something in those minutes, and I'm gonna paraphrase because I haven't seen them obviously, there could be something to the effect of doesn't really matter what data comes out, we need to tighten. Hmm. And if there's something that says that, uh, there's likely to be a pretty dramatic market reaction. All right, something to watch for then, Bob. Appreciate you joining us and sharing part of your Wednesday morning with us here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Bob Icino, the founder, the chief strategist, the path trading partner.